Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome everybody, Bob Stoffer in Ice District, Rogers Place. Hope you had a wonderful family day. It's a game night, the Edmonton Oilers and the Philadelphia Flyers in town. Brendan Escott is back in the 630 Chad Studios. He was your music maestro to open up the show. Uh, educate us, Brendan, because uh, I'm, that, that's not necessarily a song that I've heard a lot of over the years. Yeah, I figured as much. You know, you punch in songs about Philadelphia. You can only run with uh, Bill Conti so many times, right? So we went with Boys to Men today, a little Motown Philly well, for you. Well, you. you can get to the Gonna Fly now a little bit later on at some point. I mean, last time we were in Philadelphia, I think we uh, did we not uh, do Elton John? Philadelphia Freedom, and then uh, Bruce Springsteen, uh, Streets of Philadelphia. This is Oilers Now. It's brought to you by Roll of Spas. Aching after a long day, Roll of Spas offers tubs design with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas, Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. It's been an interesting weekend, to say the least. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers blowing a pair of three-goal leads, albeit against good teams. New York Rangers came back, uh, beat them 5-4 in the skills competition in the shootout on Friday night, and then lo and behold, boom. Uh, Sunday, Edmonton built up a 3-0 lead in Colorado, ultimately lost 6-5 in overtime. Edmonton's given up a bunch of goals. You had a situation where Jack Campbell... Over his last three games, has a 0-0-3 record of 4.32 goals against average and 8.64 save percentage. Stuart Skinner will start tonight uh, for Edmonton. He's recovered from a little bit of an illness. Uh, the Oilers have lost to Vander Kane at least short term with an upper body injury. They recalled Vincent Deharney today. He will play. The Oilers will go 11-7. and I'll explain more of that coming up a little bit later on. Lots of trade uh, discussion, uh, daily face-offs. Frank Saravalli will join us for the horses in horse racing Alberta. Find event schedules at thehorses.com and we'll see you at the races. So Frank's coming down the pipe at 1235. We will have open line time today on the River Curry Resort Casino Hotline 780-496-0063. Rock out with Honeymoon Suite and the Headpins February 25th. The River Curry Resort Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Or head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more information. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, and tweet Brendan Escott at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. As we go to our top story for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Brendan, it was interesting what's occurred here over the course of the last uh, 96 hours. The Maple Leafs, a team that... I would suggest to you maybe isn't uh, structurally built the way on defense, the way people would say a classically built team is. A lot of people thought, well, they need help in the back end, and they went out and they got Ryan O'Reilly. And uh, in the process, also Noel Achari, and they gave up multiple picks to do so. There has been, and we're going to talk more about this with Frank a little bit later on. There's been some interest, like Jacob Chickren's name has been out there for a while. There's a reason he hasn't been traded. It's It's been my 
you know, and I've actually had the opportunity to, to talk to Bill Armstrong both on the show, on and off the record. It's pretty clear he has a pretty definitive uh, asset uh, request in mind that would at least include two number ones uh, and not necessarily number one equivalents, which means former number ones, but future number ones. And uh, based on Chikrin's play, uh, you know, maybe more than that. Um, I, I got to tell you, 4.6 million, there, there has, it hasn't happened yet. Uh, and now we've seen some other, people have talked about Eric Carlson, and we've referenced the fact that uh, Hazel Plattner, who's one of the richest men in the world, worth $17 billion, the owner of the San Jose Sharks, he front-loaded the deal list. I mean, when they put the structure of the deal for Carlson a number of years ago, Carlson was paid a $10 million signing bonus back in July 1st. And there's some people, myself included, that think that, you know, as the Sharks go out of it and they inevitably move Timo Meyer reports today have linked St. Louis to Meyer, which is interesting because suddenly Doug Armstrong's got movie, uh, money moving around. But the bottom line here is, you know, uh, I think Carlson moves in the summer. Chikrin hasn't moved for two years. That trade request has been out there. Most recently, people said, well, what about Matthias Eckholm in Nashville or Colton Pareko in St. Louis? Well, Colton Pareko is turning 30 now. He's got seven years left in his deal at $6.5 million. I love Colton Pareko, but not at seven more years at $6.5 million. Um, and is Pareko an offensive guy? Not really. Is he a shutdown guy? Well, he was with Jay Bomeister. He's got a lot of term left. Others say, well, what about Ekholm at $6.25 million? And I'm sitting here looking at it going, well, he's got three years left in his term. What's the request? I could tell you, my guess is any deal involving Carlson a right shot, Pareko a right shot, uh, or Ekholm a left shot uh, starts with, uh, with the righties, uh, with Bouchard, and plus plus plus, in the case of San Jose, up to three number one equivalents in a potential deal. Um, with Pareko, surely Doug Armstrong would be asking for Evan Bouchard. Plus, don't forget, the owners have got to move money out, and they're in uh, short-term cap purgatory right now. Very problematic to move. And then you, you look uh, at Ekholm as a left shot, and, and they probably want Broberg, plus, plus. And I'm just looking at, and looking at the structure of the order's cap moving forward. You've got uh, Evan Bouchard on an entry-level deal this year. He's going to get a bridge because if Jeff Jackson represents him, same man that represents Connor McDavid, you can figure out the importance of Jeff Jackson and pertaining to the Oilers organization, he's probably going to bridge Evan Bouchard because Bouchard's had a slow offensive campaign. Broberg, all he's done of late is go plus 14 over his last 20 games. He's starting to take on some more minutes. He's looking like a guy that has a chance to be a long-term top four defenseman. Well, you have him on an ELC for another year, and then he's probably getting bridged for a couple of years. You see where I'm going here. And then there's a, I think of Toronto not making a move to go get a D, and they went and looked it forward. And I wonder whether or not, with DeHarnay's recall, and how he changed the complexion and look of the Oilers' defense when he was in there. Edmonton went 9-1-2. and I don't think Edmonton's the only team that's looking at the price point on some of these defensemen and thinking it's a little much. And i got to tell you, so I want the listeners to tell me, and you can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, do you want seven more years of Colton Pareko at $6.25 million? If it's going to cost you two rostered forwards plus a Bouchard? Uh, because that's how you got to make it work in season. So same structure of the deal on the left side. You, you move Broberg plus 
and then a couple forwards at you know six million to make the money work for Ekholm. And I found it real interesting that Toronto elected to go the different route because I don't think Toronto's going to be the only. I think that the bargains. Uh, for the buyers are going to be at forward, not on defense. But we'll talk a bit more about this. And does that bring you into a, a conversation potentially on Patrick Kane? Is Patrick Kane sure what he wants to do right now? Maybe he wants to retire as a Chicago Blackhawk, sign another deal. Maybe the agent's thinking one way, maybe Patrick Kane's thinking another. Who knows? Time will tell in that regard, but we'll continue to monitor that in the days to come because we are exactly... 10 days away from the NHL trade deadline. It's a, a week on Friday. All right. The Oilers uh, taking on Philadelphia tonight. A little bit later on, we'll have our game day lineup report brought to you by McGuire Financial. Let's get into the Oilers now. Audio Vault for direct workwear. Proud to offer on-site seamstress services and embroidery. Get your workwear and have it customized all in one trip. Highly entertaining, ultimately tough result for the Edmonton Oilers Sunday afternoon in Denver, Colorado. A rematch of last year's Western Conference Final. The Oilers taking on the Colorado Avalanche. CeCe pinches in, kept it in to McLeod. Now in front to Yanmark. He's all alone to Fogel scores! Warren Fogel gets the pass from Yanmark. Has it left wing corner, slides off the check of Rodriguez. In front to Fogel scores! Warren Fogel gets his second of the night. Well, Warren Fogle has had a bizarre game. Here's Hyman on the left wing. He'll get it up to Nugent Hopkins to Dreisaitl scores! Leon Dreisaitl! A one-timer off the right side, and the Oilers are up 3-0. Tarantin to the right wing side, stops up, looks to the middle instead to the left wing point, Gerard. Left wing boards to McKinnon, he'll shoot, scores! And Nikushkin across scores. We'll play by Shore to come down the right wing. We'll give it to Barry. He'll shoot. Scores. Tyson Barry with a snapshot from the point. Give it to McKinnon. He'll shoot. Scores. Nathan McKinnon. There's Yanmark. He's going to walk to the slot. to the right wing boards, goes into the corner, we'll get it in front of the goal, rolled to the line, capped out by Campbell, they pushed it in, they're calling it a goal, as Byram had come in from the point, Campbell had made the original save, and then it got poked in, and the Oilers lead cut to 5-4, Queen point, into the high slot, Comfort shoot, scores, Comfort let it go, looked like it was tipped in front of the net, and this game's tied at 5, the Oilers, Going to extra time with the Avalanche. Oilers have dropped their last two games via shootout. Have to turn that around. All tied up at five with Colorado here at the ball arena. Gets it off the draw to Rantanen on the right wing. He'll look to the net. He'll cut across the top of the circles. Goes to the goal. Shoots and scores. Result, the Edmonton Oilers have gone 0-1-3 in their last four games. A week ago, Sunday, they lost in Montreal. Then, uh, you know, they get back into Edmonton here and uh, come back against Detroit, out-shoot the Red Wings 5-4, but lose 5-4 in a shootout. 
They got outplayed by the Rangers, and Jack Campbell played pretty well on Friday night, made some big saves, but the Rangers rallied from a 4-1 deficit and won in a shootout. And, uh, and then on Sunday, Colorado stuck with it, hated the goal that um, Nathan McKinnon started early in the third period. Jack Campbell's got to have that shot, in my opinion, if you want to win that game against that team. And ultimately, Colorado forced overtime and won it an OT, and the Avs have now lost the, uh, or now won five straight games against Edmonton, if you include the playoffs last year, that have gone to either an overtime or to a shootout. Oilers have got some work to do defensively. That's a given, and it is a team defensive stat. I'm the first to concede that. Still think you need a couple more saves in some of these games. Um, and there's lots of challenges right now for Jay Woodcroft. The Oilers remain the number one offensive team in the NHL. Here's Jay Woodcroft on executing uh, to close out games. Certainly there's moments in those third periods that we know we can be better in. So where do we go from there? Do we learn from them and use it as an opportunity to get better um, so that when games... Uh, you get down into the month of May and month of June that games get closed out. That's what the the hope is, but we got to see it. We got to make sure that we're managing certain moments in games, and um, certainly we can be better. Nobody is running away from that. All right, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Meanwhile, added some additional perspective on securing both points. I mean, obviously, uh, we don't want those last two games to go the, the way that we uh, that they ended up going, but we can still take some positives out of it. I mean, uh, put ourselves in good position both games, and um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, especially later in the season, you got to find a way to close out games, and we didn't do that last couple nights, and uh, we got to find a way to, to get some confidence back uh, when you have a lead and uh, play uh, play with some poise. All right, and RNH also added some additional perspective on the things you need to prioritize to hold in a lead. Especially against high-powered offensive teams, you can't sit back too much. You can't let uh, let teams uh, start to feel the puck too much and get confidence and, and start making plays. And I think a good way to do that is just keeping it simple through the neutral zone, putting pucks in, uh, getting our four-check going, and and playing in the uh, in the old zone. Um, obviously, if uh, if we're down there, they can't uh, be coming back against us. So uh, I think we can get a little bit more comfortable in that situation. Uh, but at the same time, I know that uh, we have it within our group and. Uh, we can get back to that for sure. Meanwhile, Jay Roadcroft adds he knows his team can allow fewer goals against. I think it's a really positive sign and um, almost a counter narrative to how our team has been described over the years here. Um, when you see the depth scoring and the depth contributions, that's a really positive sign for our team. Um, I wouldn't discount the uh, the workload we're asking some of our high minute forwards to play. Um, that's a lot, and we're doing it. And you know, since I think you know the beginning of January. The record with 11 and 7 is what the record with 11 and 7 is. Um, but can we be better? Yes, we can be better. I don't yet believe that we've fired on every cylinder just yet. All right. Uh, Jay Woodcroft also. Uh, Mark Spector asked a question. All right, so here's the deal on the Oilers' goal differential right now. And uh, I brought it up during the intermissions on, on Sportsnet as well. Uh, right now, the Edmonton Oilers, without uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on the ice together, uh, or so let's let's 
begin with this. When McDavid and Drysaddle are not on the ice, the last three years, the Oilers were minus 29, minus 23, minus 22. This was a sign that the Oilers lacked depth. This year, they're plus 14 after the game in Denver. They got 55 goals for and 41 against. Um, their scoring chances four are at 52% without those guys on the ice. High danger chances at 53%. Um, and they also have a 93.41% five-on-five uh, save percentage when the big boys aren't on the ice. So they're getting more stops. Okay? Now, when McDavid and Settle are together, together, they are outscoring the opposition 25-22. to 22. When Dry- McDavid's on the ice without Settle. It's 25 goals for, 26 against. But here is where I tell you, oh, now of course this happened, uh, that basically the expected goals for with McDavid on the ice is at 58.26%. So it's a bit of a statistical anomaly that he's been outscored by one goal. Now, dry settle without McDavid out there, it's been a tough goal. 21 goals for, 28 against, and the expected goals for um, are only at 45.62%. I don't think Leon's really been right all year. Some people say, Stauffer, that's a cop-out. Uh, you know, he did suffer a significant lower body injury last year. A lot of players will tell you high ankle sprain is the most difficult to come back. Bottom line is the positive, if you're an Oilers fan, is that the team is way better five-on-five than they've been in the past three years with David and Settle not on the ice. And uh, Jay Woodcroft added some additional thoughts on the minutes distribution because there is, you know, McDavid and Settle both play 22 minutes a game, and here's Jay Woodcroft. Maybe the minutes distribution that we are playing helps some of those lower minute forwards get the results that they're finding. Maybe. Um, I think you certainly see that on the back end when we dress 11 and 7. That's when the minutes get spread out amongst the many on the back end, it brings some people's minutes down. But some defensemen in that kind of look uh, were real happy with where they're at in the last three games. We've get, with six defensemen, we've given up a lot more goals than we want to in that situation. So there's a whole bunch of factors in that way. Am I worried about um, you know our look? I would say we haven't fired on all cylinders yet. We've had some good segments this year, some areas we can be better, and we're working on a daily basis to make sure that we're we're going to be ready for game 83. All right, that is Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Stuart Skinner gets the call. It's a head-to-head matchup. Stuart Skinner of the Southside Athletic Club, Carter Hart from Sherrod Park. A uh, pair of 24-year-old goaltenders here. Skinner on his history with Hart. Bantam's kind of where it started. Yeah, Bantam, we were, uh, he was playing for Sherrod Park. I was playing for Southside, and that's kind of when we started playing against each other. And then we've been playing against each other for, uh, I mean, all the way up. Played against each other in junior and uh, now in the NHL. And uh, Skinner was asked, do you stay in touch with Carter Hart? Absolutely, we uh, we hang out in the summer. Uh, we're I'm fortunate enough to get on the ice with him in the summertime. I mean, it's amazing being able to work with him, train with him in the in the gym for one summer, which was great. He's uh, he's a hard worker. He's a great player. He's uh, mentally strong and he's uh, very motivated. So he's uh, somebody who you hang out with, you uh, get inspired. 
All right. When we come back in orders now at 1225, we'll get to NHL today. For our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you. We're live at Rogers Place. So I mentioned uh, Carlson, Pareko, Ekholm, Chikrin. Huge cost for those players. What are your thoughts? Bartender Al reached out on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. No to every one of the defenders you mentioned. All too expensive. And why blow up the orders now and in the future? Still need another big body depth defender, in my opinion. Uh, and need a, uh, But also need a left shot defending center with positive plus 50% on faceoff wins. Got to start winning critical faceoffs. That comes to us from Bartender Al. All right. We will get to NHL today. It is presented by our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Nine games in all across the league tonight. Montreal's home to New Jersey, Toronto in Buffalo, Vancouver in Nashville, and of course, Oilers and Flyers clashing on 6.30. Chad, 7 o'clock tonight. Kale McCarr in concussion protocol. He suffered his second such head injury as you may have picked up on the broadcast. That's why I wasn't playing the Oilers on Sunday. Uh, he's got a couple of weeks with two concussions, though, so I wonder what the timeline might be for the return of this one. You're right, it's not good. And they didn't have Bowen Byram with a, maybe a not-too-dissimilar situation there. Uh, Bakersfield Condors beat Coachella Valley 3-2 on Friday and then whooped San Diego on the road 8-4 on Sunday. The Oil Kings, though, not so fortunate. Uh, lost to Calgary 7-2 Saturday. Kamloops 7-3 yesterday. You'll get a look at Andrew Cristal in the Kelowna Rockets in town on Friday night at Rogers Place. And the number four-ranked Golden Bears, uh, I believe they're number four-ranked, Bob. They are hosting the UBC Thunderbirds Canada West semifinals this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Riley Sawchuk from Mount Royal, he finished up his junior career with the Edmonton Oil Kings. He has signed... with Grand Rapids in the American Hockey League after two years of uh, U Sports. He's a, uh, he was a good offensive player in the WHL, not a great offensive player, grew a bit in Mount Royals, leaving school after two years. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Kevin Robertson today. And when we return for the horses and horse racing in Alberta, daily face-offs, Frank Saravalli.